Hello, Texans. It is Texans All Access slash Texans Monday. It's a little bit of everything today. I want to thank Sean and Seth for doing Texans Monday this morning as I, Mark Vandermeer, and he, John Harris, were in flight. We got in. Actually, theoretically, we could have done the show. Maybe oh, technically we could have done the show, but theoretically, no, yeah, because we were gassed. I mean, yeah. the, the plane left a little bit late, and it would have been – I was unfit to go on the air this morning. I'm just going to put it that way. I'm with you. I, now, there have been times that I have been unfit to go on the air that I have. Now, let's be clear. <laughs> even though I was at 1560 and most of my cohorts there, when they said they were unfit to go on the air, there was a certain reason they yeah, were Yeah, that was a different unfit. kind of thing. That's a right. different kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We were just exhausted from three very – jam-packed days in London. When we got there on Friday, we did the Bear Boy and Banker on Friday night. After practice, we shot extra points. We went to practice. We got an Uber that took forever, and then we had a great time uh, doing Texas All Access on Friday. Then you and I went to Fulham Soccer on Saturday, which was unbelievable. So remarkable. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And then yesterday was an all-day travel day. Was playing a game and then getting through Heathrow Airport, 10-hour flight. We were flying right into it, too, man. It took us about 10 hours to get home and walked in the house. I think it was about 5 o'clock, and my dogs were so tired, they didn't even greet me at the door. So what are you going to do? That's kind of low of them. I know. The dog is supposed to rise to the occasion no matter what, Johnny. I know. What if I was an intruder? What are they doing? They're like, ah, it's just him. Well, we're going to have a meeting. Get asleep. We're going to have a meeting later today when they wake up. What a win for the Texans, though. 26-3, to and they go to 6-3 and after 9. And every time they've been 6-3 and after 9, they go to the playoffs. They win the division. Mm Mm-hmm. And they were this way in, well, last year, okay, because yep. they were 0-3. They won nine in a row, so at one point they were 6-3. and 2016, they were 6-3 and with the Brockweiler. But they lost three in a row after that, went 6-6, six and six, and then had to close out 9-7 and seven to win yep. the division that year. 6-3, and three, of course, in 2011, first time they went to the postseason. Yeah, because yeah, they were 3-3 three and three and reeled off seven in a row to go 10-3. What were they in 2012? What were you in 2012? And they were, uh, after nine, they were 8-1. and one. That was their best start ever. Yeah, so yeah. this ties for the second best start ever for the Houston Texans. Now, you're going into the gauntlet here, and we'll have the Bill O'Brien Show tomorrow, by the way. A lot of you tuned in today thinking you were going to get it, but the coach didn't have any availability today. Look, everybody got in, like we said, you know, right before the workday started. So the coaches were working today, but Bill O'Brien will meet with us tomorrow. We'll have the Bill O'Brien Show for you. We're going to be at Fuddruckers delivering the goods from the Bill O'Brien Show. He will not be there, but we'll have – Whatever we get with him, and we'll broadcast that from Fuddruckers, Greenway location. Johnny and I will be there at 5. Then at 6, Clint Sterner is our special guest for a bi-week Fuddruckers-Texans players show. He never played for the Texans, but it doesn't matter because we've had Andre on before, and he never played for the Texans. We've had Pastorini on before. He's never played for the Texans. So Sterner's a very special guest tomorrow night at 6, and then we'll do Texans All-Access, and you'll have replay. So it'll all be good. Anyway, let's discuss this, Johnny, because that was a command performance in London, and I want to look at it from the Jags' perspective, and i got to give you credit because I was watching the replay of Texans Extra Points, a show we do Saturday nights after the late news on ABC 13, and you said on Friday, 
You were talking about Minshew mania, and you meant, well, you can't let Minshew become Minshew mania, meaning start making plays with his legs and going nuts and improvising. But you also pointed out, because I was talking about the jet lag London factor and the fact that the Jags have been there, the bulk of that team has seen that before, but you said Minshew has not. So not only has he not faced that, I think that going into that building, that's Wembley Stadium, 84,000, 85,000, it holds 90, whatever, but going into that stadium, the weight of that game was significant to him because it's a home game for them, and I think you feel the magnitude of it for the Jaguars, how important it is. It's a game they take overseas, and it becomes this bowl game for the NFL. It's huge. I know they have four of them, but for the Jaguars, they host one every year, half or seven years, and I just think that – he didn't rise to the occasion. I think he's a good quarterback. He's going to have better days. Maybe Foles replaces him, but he didn't rise to the occasion yesterday, and the Texans really had a lot to do with that. I think there were there were a few things at work, and it's funny. We, I was standing up in our, our booth. I say that in air quotes. I do the air quotes. <laughs> it's our not a booth. It wasn't really a booth, and I was standing there watching, and I'm watching somebody in a Jaguars T-shirt throw the football around, and I realized, oh, that's Foles. Mm. So before the game, he was throwing the football around, and I didn't see Minshew. And then a little while later, Minshew came out, and then he was thrown with some of the receivers. He didn't really kind of go through the passing. Um, the tree? Yeah, the, the thing that Foles was doing, kind of his passing circuit before the game. Mm-hmm. He just got himself warm and ready to go and went back in the locker room and then came back out. But I started wondering whether that was also a factor as well. Hey, look, Nick's coming back pretty soon. And there's all this talk about if we don't win this game today, if I, you know, if I don't play well today, I could lose this thing. And then what happens with me? Because now they go back to Nick. They got a lot of money wrapped up in Nick Foles. It may not be my job. Now, I mean, how how life changes? Because I guarantee you, when he played in preseason, nobody thought Gardner Minshew was going to see the field. Right. But he showed that he's got he's got the goods. He can play in this league. There are some things he's got to clean up, but he can play in this league. But what I felt like was a a big factor was seeing him a second time this is the first time that he faced the team the second time oh that's a good point and these guys you've seen the pitches now you've seen them and what i thought was really interesting and dre noted one time that it happened and i thought he pointed out really well in the broadcast brendan scarlett yesterday felt himself getting higher on his pass rush so brendan was on the on the left side and he was rushing against Juwan Taylor, and he felt himself getting too far upfield. And he immediately throttled down and then went back down his stem to make sure that he was kind of in position to, to tangle with Minshew if Minshew started to escape. Mm-hmm. And then when he did that, Minshew was not looking at Scarlett. He was looking the other way, so then Brandon was able to kind of dart through right. between Taylor and the guard and go get, uh, go get his first sack. And I just thought it that they were so smart about the way that they attacked Gardner. And I was actually talking to Brendan in the airport. We were walking um, through the airport together and kind of talking about it. And I was like, you guys did it so intelligently. And he's like, you got to, man. And he's like, you, you play these rookie quarterbacks. And he says the first thing they, they see is first read, not there, bail, go, run. Right. And then I thought about what that's going to mean in two weeks when you face a guy that's that much more dynamic and that much faster than Gardner Minshew. And not a rookie anymore. And not a rookie and can throw it better than Gardner Minshew. And that's Lamar Jackson. But I just felt like all day the way that they rushed was so smart and was so disciplined. 
and Jake Martin drew a holding on Justin Reed's uh, interception. Brent Scarlett had two sacks and a forced fumble. Carlos Watkins had a great sack. Uh, Angelo Blackson tipped the pass at one point. They all, every single guy that rushed, Charles Amendu, who hit his arm one time, forced the incompletion. Every single guy that rushed the quarterback yesterday that typically puts his hand on the ground found a way to get to Gardner Minshew and make some play, at least one play. But seeing him the second time, I think that really was a big deal for those guys up front. But well, And as we say all this, no J.J. Watt, right. and you're able to do that right. against Minshew, get the pass rush heated up. Yep. And, again, not all sacks, but pressure, and you mentioned it, tip balls, whatever it takes to, to disrupt the passing game. And what a great warm-up band this was for Lamar Jackson in a couple of weeks. And we'll get to that. Now, one thing about the quarterback situation. We're talking about Minshew. On the other side is Deshaun Watson. And, oh, my goodness, (laughs) you go in front of the international audience. And it's so funny because we're broadcasting the game. And should I start complaining about our broadcast position? No, I won't. But I'll just point this out. Behind us is a British broadcast feed. They're doing... They're doing the game on BBC Radio or whatever. Yeah. And our buddy J.P. Shadrick, who's the Drew Doherty of the Jaguars, is their guest commentator on their broadcast. It was so cool. I was looking behind oh, wow. us. During the breaks, they would keep talking. I don't know if it's commercial-free or not. But J.P. is doing some commentary for them to explain to them a few of the nuances and things like that. So that was pretty cool. Anyway, in front of the international audience, here's Deshaun Watson putting on another Dare I say epic show, because it was. You cannot take this stuff for granted. The lateral to Hyde as he's going down. The throw to Duke Johnson as he's going down. The other improv plays, the non-improv plays that that he cashed in on. This was another phenomenal performance. AFC Offensive Player of the Month in October. November gets off to a bang-up start. I know Jackson beat the Patriots, but this is going to be monumental in a couple of weeks. And you and I, here's another side note. You and I both watched the Diego Maradona documentary, the HBO documentary on the yeah, plane. On the plane, yeah. And I loved this thing because I thought this guy was so incredible, and I know it didn't end well for him, and and it, it gradually went bad. But uh, let's, I I just want to bring this up as to where he is right now in his career and where Maradona was earlier on when he just completely lit up international soccer. We've got. A guy like that. Yeah. I mean, Deshaun Watson is a transcendent player. This guy is phenomenal, and you cannot take this stuff lightly. Every week is an utter treat to watch him do his thing, and it's getting better. When you – the Texans aren't your team. You know, I follow not a lot of national writers, and, and you do as well. For a lot of guys, some guys don't follow a team. Some guys have a team that they follow. But there are a lot of guys that are like, I will watch the Texans now to see what he's doing. Yeah, they want to see what he's doing. That was the power of Maradona. Maradona played at Napoli in Serie A uh, way back when Serie A was the league. It was not Premier League then; it was Serie A, and that was the league you had to, to win Italian soccer. And it was must see. You didn't know when it was going to happen; you just knew it was going to happen. Yep. And it's that way with Deshaun. I had a really interesting conversation with Cleet Blakeman. When this kind of goes back a little bit, we when we played Dallas in the preseason, Cleet. Uh, Blakeman, who was the, the head official, he was in our hotel. And I was with a buddy of mine, uh, Rod Wooters. And Rod does some uh, – he does some officiating kind of uh, in Dallas where he lives. And so Rod saw him and goes, hey, Cleet. And I was like, Cleet, Cleet. Oh, Cleet Blakeman. Oh. So Rod was you talking to him a little bit. my fan, yeah, Cleet Blakeman? Your buddy, Cleet Thank Blakeman. Thank you. So I went up and I, I introduced myself. And we had already met, so I was just 
re-reintroducing myself. He said, hey, yeah, John, I remember we met at the Greenbrier. And I was like, yeah, yeah. So we, we had a long conversation. We talked about a lot of stuff. And so he, of course, wanted to know about you and told him about you. And so we really <laughs> kind of hit it off. And so we talked. And he said, he said yeah, yeah, you're going to be in London? And uh, I said, yeah, absolutely. I travel with the team everywhere. And he goes, oh, I'll be in London. So I saw him before, uh, before the game. He had just done his mic check. And he was about to go back on the field. And I was like, Cleet. And he saw me, and he's like, hey, John. You know, went and talked to him and had a long conversation with him. And I thought it was really interesting. And I said, I said, Cleet, can I ask you a question? How, how do things change for you with guys like Deshaun and obviously Gardner Minshew, you know, guys yeah. that go out of the pocket? I mean, you know, we have this play in Indianapolis, and, you know, Deshaun's still mad about that mm-hmm. play. He said, John, he said, I watched film all week. And this is key about Cleet Blakeman. He played quarterback in Nebraska. So he knows about watching film and understanding. He said, I watched film this week, and he said, I told my crew, point blank, do not blow the whistle. I will. Do not blow it. So he's got the whistle on the quarterback in the grass. He's like, you don't do it. Now, Tony Carretti also had the whistle, and he blew it. He said, but I understand. He said, you got to change the way you look at these guys, these quarterbacks like Deshaun, like Lamar Jackson, uh, like Ben Roethlisberger, you know, quarterbacks that can – you know, be hit, and it looks like they're going down, and then they find a way to make a play. There's a way that you have to officiate them a little bit differently, and you have to be smart about it. And I thought it was very fitting. And then he makes that play to Carlos Hyde, where mm-hmm. it looks like he's wrapped up, but then it's like, you know, Carlos Hyde here. And Cleet's got – you know what, that was – and you mentioned that during the broadcast, and i got to give you props yeah. for that. I know this is like the give, give John Harris props segment, but that was good information for us, yeah. and this is why you got to listen to the Texans radio broadcast because you had that, and it's so true, yeah. and he's got control of that. He took it upon himself, and thank goodness because the one to Duke, they challenged that, the the one where it looked like his knee might be down. Well, Watson's, the booth challenged it. The no, booth, booth did, right. It was inside two minutes. Inside two minutes. So yeah. they challenged that one, and clearly his knee was not down. Right. Watson's able to sort of lift the leg airborne that, as he's releasing the football. That the one. That's the one to me that – Defies description. Yeah, it's got because we kind of smarts. Watch, and... watch this. This is kind of what happens with a guy like Maradona. Like, eh, I kind of seen him do the spinny thing before. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right, right. I kind of seen the spinny thing. It's kind of yeah. you know the spinny thing's kind of it's kind of like his thing now. That one, mm-hmm. there's no way that a ball should be thrown on a line 25 yards in the air. And his left foot, his plant foot, he has to lift off the ground to make sure that his knee doesn't hit before the ball is released. Yeah. Oh, it's easy. Don't try this at home. It's ridiculous. How many don't try this at home plays does Watson have in a game? At least two or three, maybe four. Like, don't ever try this. This is like quarterback camp. You cannot teach this stuff. He's got a lot of stuff. All right. Next up, more on him because he was phenomenal. My other subtle favorite thing about this game involving a prominent Texans player doing something he doesn't normally do. And Bill O'Brien, you'll hear from him with Johnny. You'll also hear from Jaleel Adai. And we'll talk about some of the other games because, my goodness, there are so many interesting developments around the league, including in Indy where the nemesis resides. It's Texans Radio. For the most in-depth coverage of your favorite team and players, check out HoustonTexans.com. Merciless. Don't get blindsided like some of the quarterbacks I face. For the latest news and exclusive interviews, download the Houston Texans mobile app and listen to Texans Radio. 
In the Hyundai Texans radio studio, Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you following the Texans win over, I was going to say over London, over the London Jaguars. <laughs> we beat London again. Yes. Victorious. 2-0. 2-0. Yeah, over London. Very good. And we'll have the Baltimore Ravens game for you a week from Sunday. It's bye week for the Houston Texans. So much to talk about with a 6-3 and three start. All right, the subtlety, the sidebar to a sidebar story in this one was Hopkins got a carry. I love that. He did. And it was a great play call. I loved it. You know what's funny is when he got up, I got a little worried at first because why? when I see DeAndre get up, I see kind of his right hand over his heart. You know how you're standing for National Anthem? Oh. I see his right hand kind of over his heart. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of moving. He's kind of doing like this, kind of patting his chest. And I'm like, oh, no. And then I realize what he's doing. He's He's – Telling the sideline, that was my bad. I should have gotten in. That's my bad. He should have gotten uh, in. That's what he was saying. And I thought, oh, God, he's hurt. That's what I first thought because the way he was kind of holding his hand and kind of pointing at him. He's it. tough as nails. I don't know and if you want to do that like, too often. I know. But he just was – he was, I, and then he kept – he kind of kept doing it. And I've seen that before. Like, that was my bad. I should have gotten in. And when I went back and watched the play again, if he cut it – there was one way he could have cut it. I'm trying to remember you now visualizing it. If he'd cut it a different way, he probably would have gotten in. I think that's what he was saying. He said, I should have gotten in. I, lo- I like the play, play call, call because who is the receiver going in motion it in was front Kenny. of him? Kenny all right, was so going in motion. Once Kenny goes by Watson, if you're reading that, you're like, all right, Kenny didn't get the ball. Right, so you adjust and go the other way. Yeah, now you're like, all right, well, it's not it's not coming up the middle. Right. And but then they here comes back Hopkins. The other way. It, was, it was awesome. As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh! Because you know what? It was funny because Dre made a comment about how well, you don't see that every day. That's just a new play, all that. And I was like, wait, Dre, you were you ran the wing tee in high school. Mm. That's that's just that's kind. It's kind of kind of a wing tee play, and it was always one that gave everybody issue because the wing tee has three basic plays. Where did he set up? Where did Hopkins set up? He was prior, the receiver, He was next to Kenny. So Kenny came for was he wide of Kenny but tight to the so, line? So yeah, yeah, he was wider wider than Kenny. So Kenny goes across. Yeah. So they fake that, they fake that, and then they give it to DeAndre. So it's like a jet sweep parade going in front of Watson there. <laughs> yeah. I, it's There's so many things that can happen. I just loved it. I loved it. But it was very similar to one of the key plays in the wing tee, which is the wing back reverse. And there was always three plays we felt like we had to stop. And that, that was always kind of the toughest because it's trap, sweep, trap, sweep, trap, sweep. And the guards would just pull and tell you basically where the ball was going. But then they'd run that reverse on you. And it looked a lot like the sweep. And so everybody's going one way, and they bring that reverse back inside. And it would go back inside like that. Mm-hmm. So it was very similar to that. Um, not a lot of teams run the wing. Game of anymore, deception. But it was awesome. It deception was, was is like, a key element of all sports. I was so I wanted I wanted Hop to go in the end zone and have a rushing touchdown. Oh, I, I know. so badly wanted that. That would have been so cool. And, you know, he was doing his Ronaldo celebration <laughs> after his touchdown. He was uh, so Such good. great stuff. He loved being in front of the international media after the game. Heck he really yes. did. He loved, he loved just being in Europe, in London. As soon as we landed in London, he was standing outside the bus. London, what it do? I mean, yeah, he yeah. was so pumped to be over and, there. And Watson loves it, too. All right, let's get to this. Bill O'Brien, after the game, John Harris visited with him. Coach. Three phases of football, it felt like all of them contributed to this win today, and that's exactly how I would imagine you'd want it. Yeah, I thought it was a good team win. Guys uh, came over here. We People behind the scenes did a great job. No distractions on the trip, and we were able to practice on Friday, have a good walkthrough yesterday.
yesterday and guys were ready to play, so it was a, it was a good win for our team. Typically, I talk with you about the offense first. When I start with the defense, they get the three turnovers in the second half, but they got key stops. Garyon gets the, the pass breakup on uh, Conley down inside the five. What was the key today to stop that offense? Good team defense. I thought the front and the coverage really worked well together. Uh, tried to keep Minshew in the pocket as best we could and try to stop the run. I think we did both those things. They completed some passes. That's going to happen in this league, but I thought our defense really played good team defense. Offensively, obviously Deshaun made some plays, but it felt like again against them in the first half of the game at NRG, you established the line of scrimmage. It felt like you did that the whole game today. Yeah, I think we had to do that. We felt good about where we were at in the running game, and I, I think we ran the ball really well today. I thought uh, Carlos and Duke ran the ball well. Deshaun ran the ball well. So the running game was a big part of it, and then we had, you know, we were pretty efficient in the passing game, which was good. Coach, last one. You go into the bye six and three. I'd imagine you feel pretty good and get some bumps and bruises. Can guys heal to get off of this? What's kind of the key for this next week before you go to Baltimore? Yeah, that's the key. I mean, to try to get some guys back. Um, you know, hopefully we can get some guys back for Baltimore. I'm not sure where everybody's at, but hopefully, you know, we can get some guys healed up and get back to, to uh, where we are, you know, you know, a regular lineup. But I say at the end of the day, though, the guys that played today played well. So uh, that was a really good sign. It shows we've got good depth on the roster, and those guys played a good game. Coach is a hell of a win. Congratulations. Thank you very much. A victorious Bill O'Brien. And by the way, the Bill O'Brien Show, once again, a reminder, tomorrow at 5 o'clock, we've moved it to Tuesday. A la regular Monday night football schedule will be at Fuddruckers, Greenway location. Clint Sterner on after that with us as our special guest at Fuddruckers. I'm looking forward to that one. So O'Brien 6-3. and three. He's got a team that's not completely healthy here, Johnny, right. but they're making the most of the situation. When Stills goes out early, I'm thinking, oh, boy. But he comes oh, yeah. back, and then he gets hurt again or needed to be looked at again, whatever. But he came back, and he ended the game healthy. Well, I shouldn't say that necessarily. He These finished guys are, the game. He finished the game. Yeah. Thank you. Way to word it. Finish the game, and that's what you want to see. And let's hope that everybody mends up and gets ready for the Ravens because no Laramie Tunsil yesterday. We were mildly surprised about that. Maybe another couple of weeks does the job for him. And who knows who else you get back here? Yeah, exactly. You know, who knows? Lonnie, I don't know. Uh, Roby, that would be great, too. How well is Gary and Conley? Will Fuller. Oh, yeah, him. I don't know if he comes back this soon. Everything's a guessing game because they are not revealing anything with injuries. But how well is Gary and Conley doing in short order for you? He made huge plays yesterday. Huge plays. He obviously drew the OPI because he was in great position, which happened right in front of me. So if you're watching the broadcast, you saw me like signal to. The, I saw it. Cleat, call that. I, I was like, <laughs> I literally, you could see me on the broadcast. I'm standing right in line with yeah. the camera, and you see me, and I just kind of raise my arms, like I kind of point at him, like, "What is that?" You know. Yeah. And he threw the flag. I mean, it was definitively OPI. I mean, he pushed him. I mean, there's no doubt. It was right in front of me, so it was a good call. But he has the breakup on Chris Conley. The one on fourth and ten. Right. He has another one at a deep ball down the sidelines where he's right. He did. It was interesting because you see a lot of times that happens where a guy is maybe beat by a half step, but he's there, but the ball's not quite there. What does that guy usually do? He runs into the receiver. Yeah. And Conley throttled down enough to where he kind of was reading the eyes, and then as soon as he eyes went up and the hands went, boom, another pass breakup. Garyon's been very good. And then – you talk about the, the guys that were injured. Five guys don't travel. Mm-hmm. Five guys didn't travel. We had put out a notice uh, about those five guys. They're out. Five starters. Five starters are out. Then on top of that, we find out Laramie's not playing. At that point, when I find out Laramie's not playing, I'm like, oh, boy. Uh, Calais and Josh Allen and Ngakwe? Yeah. 
Now you, you didn't see Ngakwe last time, right. and Allen's really stepping it up. But we did have Titus going. Yeah, and that what that was that was good news. That was good news because I will say this now about Titus Howard. Titus Howard is somebody you do not trifle with. Mm-hmm. Trust me on this. He's Yannick, tough. Yannick Ngakwe found it out yesterday. You do not trifle with that big fella. He's got an edge to him. Like Titus is the nicest guy I think we've ever had in the studio. Yeah. I'm the nicest guy. But it's a between the lines thing. But he's got an edge on the field. Yeah. I love it. I love it. He has been all – I mean, he has been any, anything and everything you thought about him, he's been that and then some. But having him back was was huge for this offense. Well, look at what you're doing here, and, and I know you want to finish the point, but just a, a little reminder. for me. A little reminder. You're 6-3, and three and you're starting two rookies right. on that O-line, mm-hmm. first and second round draft choices, and it's working out pretty well. Now, I know you got Tunsil, all right, and you invested a lot in right. him. So you have three ones and a two invested in that in those three guys right there. Right. So, so what? what? Well, how about with Martin? It's another two. So three ones, two twos, and Fulton's a free agent. Who cares? I don't Just pave the way for your franchise quarterback. Yeah, I don't care how you've built it. You built it. Mm-hmm. But then yesterday they rotate Chris Clark and Rod Johnson at left tackle. And they give right. up one sack right I, before I the right before uh, Clark, he had one penalty, but so what? It didn't matter, I ultimately. See, I, mean, I feel like. We talk about all the great things the players have done. Over the last two weeks, all these different injuries, playing a Raiders team that's 4-4, four and four, playing a Jags team that was 4-4, four four, and four. Four and four, but these are good football teams. The Texans have played without significant firepower, both offensively and defensively. What Bill O'Brien, his staff, have done to get them ready for these games, to come out the way they did, against the Jags in London, a place they've never played, to deal with all that they had to deal with to get over there. And it wasn't – listen, it was not – there was nothing out of the ordinary. It was just such a long trip and then where we were, all that kind of stuff, to have them ready to go and then just go out there and put that butt kicking on them and to finish the game the way they did against the Raiders. I, I thought about this. After the Raiders scored in the third quarter to make it 21-13, there have been six points scored against this defense that did not have J.J. Watt. That wow. did not have Bradley Roby. That had guys banged up. Six points scored. Rex doing a great job defensively. Tim Kelly and his offense have done a tremendous job. But it starts at the top with Bill O'Brien and obviously his message being filtered through Deshaun Watson and his group. I, I don't know that they'll get the credit because it's not the 7-2 and two team they beat or it's not an 8-1 team they knocked well, off. Well, they'll get credit in the, if they do make these some next noise. Three, <laughs> yes. These next three. But they'll have, hopefully – some of this firepower back. They'll feel like yep. they're fully loaded, ready to go for those. All right, next segment, we'll hear a little bit from Jaleel Adai. we got to go over some of the other games. AFC South, significant injury, or is it? Let's discuss. It's Texans Radio. I'm Bill O'Brien, and you're listening to Texans Radio. For all the latest news and videos on our favorite team, check out HoustonTexans.com. Fear of missing out is a real thing. Don't have FOMO when it comes to your favorite team? Follow the Houston Texans on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. So much fun to be talking about a win that was earned overseas against the Jacksonville Jaguars at Wembley Stadium in London. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you back in studio in the opening segments. One gigantic hot read brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15%. 
or more on car insurance. Now, Johnny, Jalila Dai, that's good insurance in the secondary when you acquired him back in the offseason as a free agent. And we talked about it. Maybe that's one of those under-the-radar free agent signings that's going to pay dividends. Started all 16 games or played in 16 games for the Chargers, a playoff team last year. Started the playoff game against Baltimore last as year. As a linebacker. As a linebacker. One of those kinds of linebackers, those smaller types. Yep. And he's going to play against Baltimore in a couple of weeks. And you had a chance to visit with him after the game in which he earned a pick. Your overall thoughts, Jalil? I think we play good team ball, you know, all three phases, offense, defense, and special teams. I feel like obviously there's always things that we can do better. But I think this is one of the games this season that we, we kind of played a, a total team ball. It felt like it was relatively mistake-free, too. That had to be a focus, I would think, but it felt that way. How did you guys see it? You know, Coach always talks about, you know, winning the turnover um, battle. And um, once we figured out, you know, you get the ball and you and we keep the ball, you know, on offense and we take the ball away from defense, you have a good chance of winning. So that was our goal. You've been here before. What does it feel like to be on this side of it with the Texans and play the way you did? I saw your family took a picture, a picture with your family, with your, your young son. What was that all about for you today? Man, it's a blessing. I'm just thankful to be with this organization and get this opportunity this year and come back to London and win it twice and have my family here on the field and my son to experience this. And one day he can look back at these memories and see what his dad did. And his dad had a pick. Take me, take me through the pick. What did you see? You guys had kind of a turnover fest going, but it was really your pick that kind of got it rolling. What, get, take me through what you saw and what happened on that play. I was in the middle of the field, and it was, there was a three-by-one, and number three ran a deep over. Um, I kind of got a good jump on the quarterback, and I was actually going for the hit. And last minute, I looked up and seen that the ball sailed, and I went up there and, and grabbed it. As soon as one guy gets a turnover, is it kind of like contagious? Now everybody else wants to get one, too, because then you follow up with Justin's pick, then the fumble at the end. Is it kind of a contagious thing like one guy gets one now you got to get it or did you just feel like with him in a pocket if he was in the pocket the balls were behind you had a chance I just think you know once you get one they come in bunches you always say once you get one they come in bunches and like you said I got the first one after that they just kept rolling if the Texans had a turnover chain they would have broken it yesterday <laughs> four <laughs> takeaways in the last four possessions like I'll oh, get it out again I mean we need where's the chain Somebody lost it. We've been using it too much. Well, it oh, it happened. Interception, interception, fumble, fumble. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was four drives in the in the fourth quarter. But by that point, the defense had had done its job. Oh to yeah, that point it had done its job. Oh, it, it was, was over fun. already. But it was fun to get all those takeaways and, at the end. Oh, you're not you're not joking. And and Jalil, it's funny. I saw him right before, uh, right during pregame. They you know kind of huddle up. Somebody says pregame speech. I think it was Justin Reed who spoke yesterday. And everybody goes to the locker room. And his wife and I think a family member, maybe his dad, I'm not totally mm-hmm. sure. But he was asking somebody, hey, could you take a picture of us? And he wanted to get a good like professional picture. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I think either Zach or Michelle went over there to take a picture of him. And I just I, they kind of locked that away for later. And that's why I asked him about his family being there because I saw them down on the sidelines for that. So, I mean, that's just really cool. And I, and I thought about that on the flight home a little bit about it's a long flight over there, obviously. Your body goes through, like, God knows what time it is, what day it is. I know. I heard somebody actually saying, I'm getting used to this daylight savings time thing in Houston after they had to fall back yesterday. And I'm thinking, like, I don't even know what you're talking about because I, I, I don't know where I am. I, you know, no, I think I, my body clock is somewhere over Newfoundland. Somewhere. I mean, it's crazy, but Reykjavik. it's fine. It's a luxury problem. It is. Reykjavik. It, it, it probably is. But for the Texans fans that went over there, for those that went to the Baraboy and Banker and they were with us Friday night and went there Saturday, we didn't go Saturday, but they were there Friday or throughout the weekend, you got a flavor of being over there. Then you saw the most complete performance they had all year. 
it was it was well worth. I think Debbie the Texan had a sign that said tickets to the game. Yeah, one of those Mastercard the, commercial yeah. things. And it was like being in London to see the Texans the first time, priceless. And it's yep. like on top of that, then you get that win. She said flight across the pond, nine hundred dollars. Yeah, that's not a cheap ticket. No, ticket to not. the game, three hundred dollars. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Boy, that's that. <laughs> yeah. Well, but you know, it's she probably got some good seats. Yeah, yeah, she was. She was down in the lower section in the end zone mm-hmm. where I saw her at some point. But my point in all that is, there were a lot of people that put a lot of money into that. They had to be there to see the Texans play in London the first time, and then they were rewarded by everybody in the organization yesterday with an incredible performance. And now we need you to go to Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> go to Baltimore. That's all right, that's the good news, and the bad news is now we need you to invest more into going to Baltimore, which they've done before, okay? They've done that trip before. Last time the Texans were in Baltimore was 2017. Monday Night Football yeah. did not go that well. That was playing out the string of 2017 yeah, after tough. Watson got hurt. This is going to be a huge game in a couple of weeks, a week from Sunday. All right, one one more note on London here. Just a, a quick minute on this. You and I had the treat to go to the Fulham game. We did. Shad Khan's soccer team there. And, boy, what a rough weekend for Shad because his soccer team got blown out 3 nothing. His football team gets blown out 26-3. to But he's got billions, so he'll be okay. But, you know, these guys are competitors, and sure. he wants to win. Oh, yeah. And I just – a lot of people – you and I were on the street, and these two Fulham fans came up to us after the game and said, is this your first time going to a Fulham game? Yes, it is. Oh, I'm so sorry you had to see that. And I thought, you don't need to apologize. I thought it was fantastic just being in that I atmosphere. I, I, I would have loved to see the home team score a goal. Yeah. That old stadium, Craven Cottage, built in 1879, it was really cool to be in that environment. We got the uh, stuff on social media, on my stuff, and I think yeah. you tweeted it out as well. Yeah, so. I put out a video. And yeah. I, took a, I took a panoramic shot of the stadium, and it, it rained for a lot of the first half, but it was just – but Incredible. we were covered. It was, you said it was 1879. It's London's original professional soccer team. Yes. The original. And so we were walking up. As we were walking up, we weren't sure where to go. We're walking up. We're in this neighborhood. Mm-hmm. We're in a neighborhood. With little cute English townhouses yeah. and stuff. Like we're in this neighborhood, and then all of a sudden the stadium is right there. It's great to get to another place and just see how they live and what the sports culture is because we're obviously very in tune with that. All right, in the NFL now, the Texans aren't first in the AFC South. You know, a loss column kind of thing, all yeah. right? The Texans 6-3, and three, the Colts 5-3. and three. The Colts beat the Texans, of course. The, the Colts... Uh, obviously can make up that game with a win and then be tied with the Texans and they would have the edge. But, look, this stuff will all sort itself out because they're going to play on a Thursday night following that Ravens game we were just talking about. The Colts lost to the Steelers. Vinatieri misses a field goal at the buzzer, 26-24. Laces were facing him. How about that, though? Rigoberto Sanchez is the punter, right? Yes. And he kind of rotates the the holder. Yeah, so that's, that's where I was going. He rotates the laces so he kicks them. Yeah. He, if you look at it, it's the, and I guess that's the normal course of action. You must, you must right. go clockwise because if you go counter, but you don't have time to do that. He didn't spin it all the way. He didn't spin it all the like, way. What do these guys do? No offense. See, this is where you get to my, you get to my, my kicker holder. Yeah. You know, the operation, as they call it. We didn't even, we didn't even mention how big a play that was yesterday in the game. Oh yeah. How many times have you seen John Weeks make a snap since 2010? Oh, billions. Consistent. Consistent. We Always never on say target. Weeksy's name ever. No, he's never snapped a ba- like a bad one. No. But yesterday it was a bad snap. Logan Cook kind of juggles it, can't get it down. Mm-hmm. He gets drilled by Keon Crossan. Lambo falls on the ball. Go down and kick a field goal. It's a six point swing in a game. At that point, that's kind of yeah, that was big. nine to three. 
it goes from being instead of being nine to six, it's now twelve to three. Now you're two scores down. Now it's trouble. That, that was that, that was a huge play in the game uh, yesterday against the Jags. But but you're right. You, you, I mean, what do they do? But hang on, practice. Is it that hard to do though? He still missed it though. Yeah, I think it gets in your head when you see, oh, I'm about, I'm about to kick the laces. And it is Pittsburgh notoriously bad for and kickers. That, and that end of the field is bad. Yeah. That's the one end of the field that's really, really bad. We remember that Chris Brown was a Steeler before he became a Texan. And remember, they I'm not going to say they rode him out of town, but he got some heat there for some misses. But I, what I remember, the, uh, one of Kaimi's misses this year, there was that situation. Somebody had sent me a picture, and it was the exact laces. same picture. And it was the exact same kick. Ooh. Both missed hard to the left. And I don't, I don't know if that is some sort of adjustment that they mm-hmm. make. I, I don't know. But um, Kaimi just missed that 58, 59-yarder yesterday. I was standing around in the goalpost. He missed it probably by about two, two and a half feet. A little but, short. A little short. But Brian Hoyer came in there and gave the Colts some good things. The news today is that Jacoby Brissett should, should probably be back for this one against Miami. They don't need him. What would probably help them is if Hoyer played. And played well and against played the Dolphins. Well, and then they could say Brissett for our game Thursday night. T.Y. Hilton didn't play. Are you sure Are you sure they're not playing cat and mouse with this thing, though? It's a sprained MCL. Now, we didn't get that no, diagnosis from them, I mean, They might though. play against Miami. That's fine. I mean, either way. Either I way. think he needs to take the rest of the year off. I, I, you know what, Mark, at this point? I don't care. I think these. I think these guys – the way they are rushing now mm. and what they're doing now, I don't think it matters to them. I think they just want to go out there and play. They want to do they want to do their thing and they want to Are you talking about our defense? Our defense, yeah. All right, so So Brissett plays against us on Thursday night, fine. We just can't shoot our feet off like we did when we went to Indy. All right, so you you know what you might be seeing I know it's Jacksonville, I don't want to get too crazy here, but Minshew was playing pretty well and, and you gave him his worst game right. yesterday. So we'll see what happens. Obviously two weeks is gonna be a huge test, but this is the Cronell factor where the defense does get better as you get into the second half of the year. Maybe we're going to see some of that here. Does, no matter who's out there, and look, you can't afford to lose too many more guys. In fact, you got to get some of these guys back in the right. back end. Right. Uh, and you can't – that's it up front. That's it. I need everybody to stay healthy yeah. up front for the rest of the way. Right. But how about Scarlett rising to the occasion yesterday? Heck, yeah. And you look at Amenahu and you look at Jake Martin and these guys we talk about. It's a total – Total team effort. I know it sounds cliche, but clearly that's what it is. Anyway, so Hoyer played for the Colts after Brissett went out. They lose to the Steelers easily. Well, could have won that game. Let's just put it that way. They didn't. That's good for the Texans. And also you had the Titans taking on the Panthers. My goodness, McCaffrey. I mean, you want to talk. There's a lot of talk about MVP candidates. I want to tap the brakes on all of that, including our guy. I mean, Deshaun is yeah, definitely putting together a campaign, but – well, it's a week-to-week thing. If you lose a game, are you out of the race? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, I know he didn't do well yesterday. Is he done in this MVP contest? How was McCaffrey last week when they lost? Let, let's just calm down with the MVP. It's become like Heisman talk used to be in college football. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this. Hmm? I will say this. Christian McCaffrey is the best player I've seen on a field on, on the other sideline. The best player that we've seen all year. Oh, the four. best player you've seen on an opponent. The best player I've seen from an opponent. All year long, is Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, he was ridiculous here. I mean, he it was one of those games in which it was so hard for him to just get yards that game, and he kept doing it. Mm-hmm. He kept coming. The ridiculous catch late in the game. touches that catch. The smallest, excuse me, the shortest 
and lightest guy on the field. I should, I'm not going to say small because he's pretty yoked up. He's made of iron. He's unbelievable. What movie? And thank you. He's made of iron. Rocky Four. Yeah. Come on, I, I'm what am I, who am I dealing with here? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna Crazy. miss a Rocky movie. Now you might ask me a Godfather quote, I might miss it, but I'm not gonna miss a Rocky movie. Keep but Tennessee getting close. Beat. Tennessee getting beat, love it. Yeah, that was good. Tennessee Colts getting beat, love it. Very good stuff. All right, now what about what happened last night with the Ravens and the Patriots? This I'm not gonna call it shocking, but I am surprised. Not that they won necessarily, but the weight they put up thirty seven points on New England. And they had no answer for Lamar Jackson. We thought if anybody's going to have a, an answer for Lamar Jackson, it's going to be Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Now, Steve Belichick, how about the report that came out? He's calling defensive plays. That report comes out, and a couple of days later, he gets torched, his yeah. defense does, by the Ravens, who run the ball so well. You know, it, it, And it's funny with the way this goes. Look at the passing numbers, just the yardage and the completion percentage and everything for Lamar Jackson. He doesn't throw for a lot of yards. You don't need to when you're running the daylights out of it like yeah. they are. I mean, yeah. who cares? Yesterday, I heard somebody, a member of the media, say about Watson, look, he only had over two, just over 200 yards passing, whatever it was, and it's not about the numbers. I'm, no kidding. Yeah. Look, most coaches will say, I don't need to throw for 300. In fact, the more yards you have, the more attempts you make on some of these teams and some of these offenses, it means you're down. They weren't down yesterday. They got the lead, and they rode it into the finish, and they were running the ball so well. When you run it for over 200 yards and you throw for a little over 200, yeah. give me that every week. Are every you kidding? Week. Yeah. Every, every as long week. as you don't turn the ball over and make stupid mistakes. Yeah. I mean, every, I'll take that every week. And I think Deshaun would take it every week. I think Bill O'Brien would take it every week. Everybody Absolutely. Would. I mean, that it, it was not a high yardage game. Matt Schaub threw for over 400 yards last week in a loss. I don't. I haven't seen one. High, I had. I have seen a couple of those highlights, but – I'll take Deshaun's highlights from yesterday. Yeah. Uh, those eye-popping plays. Uh-huh. Maybe I should use another body part. But anyway, <laughs> those plays that are ridiculous that Deshaun Watson made. All right, I'm done with that point. But what about last night? What did you see? Well, the Ravens, it's interesting you say that about the Ravens. They run the ball, they run the ball. The one thing the Ravens do in running the ball is it's varied. And it's not just, oh, because Lamar pulls it on zone reads. It's the types of runs that they're throwing at you in the number of formations they have with some smoke and mirrors, with jet motion and all that kind of stuff. They're running stuff that you go, nope, nobody in the league is running that. Nobody's running that. It takes you a little while to go, wait a second, are they running midline option? I did that watching it a little while ago. It was like, they just ran mm. midline option on a shotgun. That's a play you don't see in the NFL. Right. So Steve Belichick's been in the NFL coaching with his dad from the time he yeah. got out of college. So he hadn't, he hadn't seen it. He saw it on film maybe. He hadn't seen it because been in college. That's where they've been right. running it. Seen it in high school. That's where they've been running that stuff. But they throw a lot of different run looks at you. And Smart. Then they, right. And then they, they're like, are you going to stop all these different options? Because in the end, number eight can get it. And – Maybe you do everything right. Maybe you take away the running back. Maybe you, you face up all the blockers. But we got number eight on your safety one-on-one, and we trust him. That's going to be the challenge we got to face in a couple of weeks. All right, Johnny, thanks a lot. You got it, Mark. All right, John Harris, follow him on Twitter, at Football. all the great stuff on social media, HoustonTexans.com. Now, we'll be at Fuddruckers tomorrow at 5, Johnny and I, with the Bill O'Brien cuts for you. We'll do a mini abbreviated modified Bill O'Brien show, and then at 6 o'clock, Clint Sterner at Fuddruckers Greenway location. That's a Tuesday night event, so be there. And we want to remind you, Mattress Firm, the official mattress retailer of the Texans, 
when the Texans win, you win 40% off your mattress for two days following a win. So you can still cash in on that tomorrow. Do it. Well, thanks to everyone who worked on the show and who listened. Monday Night Football coming your way with the Giants and the Cowboys. Have a great night, everyone, and go Texans! This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610. Radio 610. Radio 610.